Well, okay, we're about to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every single Tuesday. You can watch and stream us at YouTube. Just search up for Geek in the City. Facebook Live, of course, Geek in the City. But our preferred place is check us out over on twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city. You can watch us live. You can engage in the chat. We try to respond as often as possible when people are live with us in the chat because that just makes it a lot of fun. If you're not able to catch us live every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time, well, the podcast goes up also free on Wednesdays, sometimes Thursdays, because, you know, life happens at times. As always, this show will always be free to you, the listener. All we ask is that you please share and give us five-star reviews on any of your podcast aggregate of choice or our Twitch channel, whatever is required. And, of course, please show our sponsors some love uh they're the ones that keep us going they have believed in us in a long time just like you have so with all of that out of the way here we go we're going to kick off an all-new issue of geek in the city radio why hello and welcome to issue 718 of geek in the city radio i am one of your hosts aron duran i am one of your other hosts Rita. And I am your other other host, Fried Cabble. <laughs> How's it going there, Fried Cabble? Let's shake and cabble. You know, it's going. It's going. Speaking of, really quick, speaking of what's shaking, because that used to be like Cable's, or uh, um, um, Keelan's. Keelan's, Keelan's thing. So I, you guys, if you, I, I know Cable, you don't have, now I'm going to be like, I know Cable. <laughs> the problem is, this is going to stick in my head. Yeah. It'll be hard to not call you Cable. Cable. That, that's, that's fine. Uh, anyway. So if you're on TikTok, you need to follow Keelan's page. It's all his music and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's gotten into like figuring out how to do like graphic video and effects work. Oh. So now he'll do stuff as like I can't. I don't think it's official Star Pilot. Um, like I don't know. It's not the Star Pilot, but it looks like it. And <laughs> he'll just stream with him like playing his music in the background, but in the sp- in, in his spaceship cockpit, being like, "I'm just flying around." I ran out in space. I got dumped. So I'm just going to be out here. And they'll just start freestyling like, I'm, I'm in space. So it's like Star Pilots, but unofficial? I guess so. I like just non- saw it. Non-canonical Star Pilot? Right. I just found it to be incredibly charming when I saw it. That's very cute. It was very cute. Very cool. Very cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, how's everybody going? First off, we sound fantastic. We sure do. Fuck me. Uh, we're not gonna. We're not talking. We're gonna. We're not gonna talk about pop music. What? What was the problem? We're just gonna move on, right? We're just gonna like. It's great. It's great. We're great. Everything's great. Right. I mean, yeah. The. I, I mean, part of it. We still don't know what caused certain echoes. We. Yeah. I. I cannot uh, figure out like, why why we had such a problem uh, and then we did the usb thing to resolve that but that wasn't the problem so it didn't fix the problem yeah uh but now it's fixed <laughs> yep that's and that's what matters that's right one uh, one uh, good tech run and we are back in business baby mm-hmm, for the last show of the year <laughs> <laughs> we're so good at this I, that's uh, okay we'll come back strong i think i want an explanation off air later <laughs> There's nothing to explain. I mean, that I'm is just, it. I mean, that that's... that was the explanation. It's like yeah. we, we we don't know what was wrong because we f- f- seems like we did everything the way we normally would, and it was weird, and we tried to fix it, but the fix didn't work, uh, and then we 
put everything back the way it was and, and then it was perfect like this. Yeah. No, I, I know you're looking at us like we're hiding something. We're we're literally not. <laughs> that that's why it's absurd because mm-hmm. this is this is the actual whole truth. Yeah. Um, this is and we are back to the original setup. If I yeah, if I was just being like sarcastic or goofy, I would have told you the real truth by now. That's true. You yeah. would have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But no, I'm just kidding. No, there is no but. Like that no, was it. No, stop. Um, uh, don't lead him on like that. <laughs> uh, but the 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 point is that uh, we do in fact now sound excellent, even though uh, this room maybe could use a little adjusting. But that's that's between me and my gods. That's right. You have gods. Uh, the gods of decor and oh, okay. and, uh, and taxidermy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Decor and taxidermy. Oh, Leo. What? The god of taxidermy, Leo. Yeah, I know him. Wait, is that a real myth thing? Is there a, was there? A... I'm just making. Uh, no, no, I think my god of taxidermy might be uh, Lana Crooks. Uh, we, I probably talked about this after uh, we did the Oddities Expo, but uh, I, I met, I talked to people at Paxton Gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, about doing some restoration work on uh, Black Philip, who I inherited from Aron, who inherited it from our friend Prime. Yes, okay. Yes. Um, and uh, and it turns out that they work with another local artist uh, who goes by Lana Crooks. Uh, and uh, so she's she's my hero now. She's my she's my god of taxidermy. Have okay. you dropped off Black Philip? Yes, yes, oh. I've paid my deposit. Uh, Black Philip is now in her hands, and at some point I will hear back about it's the gonna, progress. It's going to come back all shiny and undead. Dead. I don't think she's quite that magical. But no, she's going to well, look good as new. It's yeah. Like, yeah, and I'm excited for that. Look as good as the day Prime's dad shot it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that oh. goat has been around. He, he is quite aged, and he was mm-hmm. very brittle. In fact, uh, he was in the basement when uh, they came to fix our insulation, and uh, I think somebody bumped into him because <gasps> I see. Then, like, it was like within that same like twenty four forty eight hour window uh, that I'd like checked on him and taken pictures, and then went to go load him into the car and take him to Paxton Gate, and uh, and his ear was next to him. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's a bummer. That's yeah. not where ears are supposed to well, go. Well, but they're going to reconnect the ears, right? Cool. Uh, she's probably going to just make, make make him a new ear. Oh. I'm guessing. Da-da-da-da. I don't know. I don't know. So the thing is that she is a, um, she works with felt and other like organic materials. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like that to, to create faux taxidermy that is very, very realistic looking and very, very beautiful. And so I was oh, surprised. Her. Yes, okay. yes, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, that's why I was like so surprised uh, to find out that that's who they work with uh, for restoration projects. I'm like, but she works with fake, fake, fake stuff. Those her animals are that's fake. Cool. Um, but I, I guess objectively, it makes sense because it's not like you can just go out and buy more, you know dead animal tissue to attach yeah. oh. to the you know wherever your dead animal tissue broke off right uh so felt is probably like the best thing for that hmm. that's cool yeah that's good I'll, uh, I'll share pictures when uh when i get him back nice and then i gotta figure out where he's gonna live get him back he can go up in here well, i but i had my um 
my impala horns that I thought I was going to put in here. Just make this the Hall of Horns. The Hall of Horns. Ooh, coming to you live from, from Beanerita's Hall of Horns. Yep, I like it. Yep. All right, done. done. Here we go. Decided. Oh, and that reminds me, I got new internet today because the internet that the building comes with is, it's good, but mm-hmm. it's it's way too fucking expensive. It's like 75 bucks a month. It's ridiculous how much I was paying. Um. This is a long way to say that I got a new router through a new company, so I got to actually name my Wi-Fi this time. Ah. Hmm. Yeah, so I just I just named it the Shadowfell. Cool, 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 cool. That's all. Tight, I, tight, tight. There's no there's no real reason for that other than, you know, I was gonna call it Barovia, but I felt that was gauche. <laughs> also, my building looks nothing like an Eastern European Transylvanian landscape with a giant castle. It does not. It does not. Unfortunately. Parts of my bedroom, you could argue, maybe looks like a haunted castle. Mm-hmm. But um, you could have called it um, like Strahd's bedchamber or something like that. I, well, I because wanna... because it's your bedroom. Yeah, so... but I'm not the Lord of Barovia. Then it would be not with that attitude. Well, and also he's kind of an asshole. Like I don't think I want to be associated the, with him. But the vibe of the room, you're saying. We're just talking about the vibe of the room. It, it could okay. have been. You, you could have named it Barovia B and B. <laughs> man if i wasn't so against the ideas of airbnbs as a concept i would 100 percent create like a ravenloft themed airbnb mm-hmm. well you can still create a, a real bnb and not give into airbnb oh that's true that's true the real bnb is like almost a lost yeah. art at this point that's I, true do you know how many D nerds would stay if you opened a barovian bed and breakfast oh my god all of them Yes. Here's the problem. Every last one. I would never have guests because I would be there all the time. Well, usually when you run a B&B, you live and own you live that true. place. Well, then let's start a GoFundMe so that I can buy some kind of Victorian or weird looking mansion thing. You want to buy a castle in Scotland. I don't want to go to... I mean, do you guys sure? want to come with me? Yeah. I mean, not full time. Well, what's the point? My, my, jo- live, my job want, is very location specific. I don't want to live by myself. Is it? Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty location specific. Um, I don't know, uh, but I mean, but I would come visit you a lot. All yeah, the, all the time. It's not the same. It's not the same. Not this right. is why we need uh, transporter technology. Yeah, that is. I, I want replicators. I want transporters. How I mean, far can have... you go on a on a in a transporter? Can you take me from Portland to somewhere in Scotland? I like totally blanked on any names of any Scottish cities. Edinburgh. Do you, Thank you. Do you remember in Picard where they had site-to-site transporter gates? Go back to the beginning of that sentence, Cable. Do you remember? Do you remember no. watching Picard? Did you watch Picard? Yes. No, no, okay. Cable, the phrase yeah, is, do you remember? Do you, do you remember? Do you, uh, um, no. No, no. I'll just cut you off so, right there. So, like, uh, Picard went from uh, France mm-hmm. to San Francisco. Cool. Through a transporter gate. Yeah. They're set up for the public to use so that you can walk through in one place and end up in another place. Oh, like a series of tubes. Yes. Yes. But in in the the same way that a series of tubes would be set up if if that were the future we lived in. If we're also like if we were taking transport technology to exist the way it exists in Star Trek and that's real because that's the one thing that everyone's like, yeah, we're never going to be able to do that. That's, that is the closest thing to science fiction being magic. <laughs> right. Um, That's probably true. Yeah. 
Um, no, that's the one every physicist is like, look, technically warp is possible. We know how to do it. It just takes too much power. But right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we've all seen uh, the fly. Yes. It's, it's pretty dangerous. Or tubics. Or tubics. It's it's dicey. But, uh, the like, in, in the reality of Star Trek, transported technology being real, you, like, Scotty explained it. That, granted, it was in the Kelvinverse, but it still stands. Um, that yeah. you can... Tell, use a transporter to transport uh, someone from Earth to Pluto with no signal de- degradation. And as soon as, you know, he'll have that final proof as soon as Admiral Archer's prize beagle shows back up. Right. No, that was uh, in warp beaming. Yes, but that was also, you. distance actually doesn't matter. Oh. When transporting, as long as you know all of the variables, you can you should be able to use transporter technology to beam someone from Earth to Vulcan to Romulus to Klingon. That's some in a darkness bullshit. Yes. Mm. Which I am going to go watch next week. So you don't have to do like a like a it, Stargate man. situation where you transport to a hub, and when you get to the other side to that other transporter there's a series of other transporters to get you to other further locales nope what's dark eight what no not dark eight stargate Stargate. oh okay (laughs) make me forget my own words she said stargate i thought you said dark gate i was like what is star i don't know but i want in on that i know the dark Mm. gates yes it's my next D campaign i mean there is just the gate that is a movie that's true and then there's the mass effect jumps those are gates. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Still never played a Mass Effect. Oh, they're so good. It's fine. They're great. It's fine. <laughs> I've never played my... Vi- I don't even play the video games I have. I can't help you on that one. No. I've been playing video games that are, like, decades old. Like, I'm currently enjoying my first run... Or my second run through. Yeah, it's my first. Like, I played it once before, and I'm playing it again, of uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. I've still never played that. It's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Are there any games that you're like, this is fantastic? Um, <laughs> Mostly, <laughs> when I come across those, it's, it's always Resident Evil. Yeah. I need to get the Resident Evil, like yet another version of Resident Evil 4. Mm. They did a full remaster again just a few months ago. Apparently it's fantastic. What is it about Resident Evil 4 that calls for so many re... Um, It was the one that kind of shifted the the game again. Mm-hmm. Um, game mechanics changed drastically. Yeah, they changed drastically. They went. It was the first time they went over the shoulder, right? Instead of that weird POV. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was always over the, like, the shoulder... Um, it was it was also a big deal because it was the first Resident Evil game for Nintendo because it yep. debuted on the GameCube and everyone was like, "How the hell can the GameCube look this good?" And it does. It does. It still it, looks great. It stands up. It stands the test of time. It is yeah. absolutely gorgeous. I'm trying to remember the name of the one that I'm playing right now. It's it's also an older one that uh, Merrick got me for my birthday specifically for the PS3. I think it's Revelations. Yeah, it's, yeah, they did weird stuff because then they did they did one two three, then they did 
was that Code Veronica or do they do Resident Evil Zero first? Because Zero is the one that runs parallel to three. Zero, you're playing Rebecca. Right. Um, um, they came out at the same time. Zero and three? Code yeah. Veronica and Zero did. Yeah. Yeah. Because Code for Veronica different... was exclusive to Dreamcast. Yeah. And they were for different... Like, until Dreamcast went away, they've, yeah. they've since made it. Because yeah. I think I have both Code Veronica and Zero for uh, GameCube. Yeah. Literally, the only reason why I bought a Dreamcast yeah. was to get Code Veronica. Yeah. I'm so addicted to Resident Evil games. Anyway, 4 was a big shift in how the games worked. It's really good. Yeah. Um, the um, one that I'm playing is takes place on a boat. Yeah, that's it, Revelations. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then they great. did, and then I, they did really shitty like first person shooter ones too. But we don't talk about those. Are we talking about five? Oh, oh, not as bad as six. The racist one. Oh, that's the one that's racist. Oh okay. my god. Yeah, where like it only infects infects black people in Africa and turns them into savages. Yep. Oh, what? Oh. Who, who greenlit that project? Someone Good who god. doesn't do Resident Evil anymore, and Ugh. also why the game got the world got the hard reboot. With technically seven, but they just called it Resident Evil, or they just called it Biohazard. Mm-hmm. Um, the one in the wow. house with the creepy wow. family. Oh, I mean, yeah, a, a video game passes through a lot of hands and gets looked over by a lot of eyes. I just like I'm blown away by this. But fact. that happens all the time. It was like way fucking back when they did Flashpoint in the DC stuff. Mm-hmm. And remember, one of them was the. Um, one of the Flashpoint universes was that whole Amazon's attack and it fucked up the whole world. Mm-hmm. And like concrete people knew what they meant because it showed like the map of the of the globe and who ran what. And like Legion of Doom pretty much ran like North America. Mm-hmm. Arthur was like fighting the it was it was the it was yeah, Atlanteans versus the Amazons was the yep. war that was destroying the world. Yep. But in fucking Africa, they called it ape controlled Africa. Mm hmm. Everyone knew what they really meant. Grod. The kingdom of Grod. Why did you just not call Africa the kingdom of Grod? Yep. Why did you have to call it ape-controlled Africa? (laughs) Here's the point I'm going to make about this, and then we should move on to what we're actually going to talk about tonight. Right. And that is, for as many... You talk about these things pass through many, many hands, and many people have the opportunity to go, this is bullshit, you can't do this. There's the mentality in corporate America that they beat into you, which is, well, if it's made it this far, then someone said this was okay. So I just have to shrug and go, okay, fine. My part of this looks great. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's that's fair and logical. Because, uh, yeah. Dumb, but uh, it's Corp- sort of like, well, this isn't my, this, I'm not in charge around here. So, I'm just um, your baby. And there's also a lot of people who probably wanted to say something and felt like it was not in their best interest. Uh, I, as someone who says, excuse me, no, a lot mm. to people in charge, it's, they they don't want you to do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're in an industry where you probably have a very tenuous grasp on your job to begin with. Mm-hmm. And the comic industry, as I've said before, long memories, thin fucking skin. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> For an industry that makes you deal with rejection 98% of the time, <laughs> you'd think they'd be a little bit tougher about things that actually mattered. No, I wouldn't. No. 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 Well, before we invite our guests on, just take a quick break so we can talk about... Uh, 
our friends at Asylum. Yeah, let's do that. I feel like once we get going, we won't get back to Asylum. We are not going Potentially, to. Potentially, yeah. Yes. Good call. So, yeah, 3713 Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard, right across from the Baghdad Theater. Um, yeah, he just wrote us today or yesterday about mm-hmm. how, like, as a rule, like, Asylum doesn't do sales. It's kind of like what you see is what you get kind of thing. Right. They, right. They're, they're, they've got, they keep pretty competitive pricing. Mm-hmm. And, but they know that know, this year's business. economically hard on everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know what I mean. So they are offering sales on certain items, like some of their lamps, some of their items, and they'll have them marked in the store. The Umaji lighting. Yes, that was it. Uh, correct. Uh, and they will also be offering, uh, I believe this goes closer to the end of the month, but they are going to have discounts on some of the furniture as a like, limited time special uh, <coughs> in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some, not all, you're going to want to verify if, if furniture is what you're there to look at. Um, but again, that's not really their... Um, they're they're bottom bitch anymore. It's all about this sweet sweet home decor. <laughs> no, Hi Dan. Going. Hi Anton. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I wanted to let you finish laughing. Uh, such as I just saw these today, and I'm really excited. They've got the um, they've got like hanging planter guys. Oh, I just saw that. Yes, I love those. I've been wanting some like that for a really long time, and now I know that I can buy them local. So that's exciting. That's really cool. Um. I, they've got these uh, these little ceramic dualies that are really cute together. I'm going to assume they're salt and pepper shakers. They I look like it. Don't uh, they don't actually have a caption on them? And then you know what they still have or have again? Cable. What's that? Those awesome gradient puzzles, like the one you got me for oh, Christmas a couple years back. Great. And of course, tons of other like really cool, unique stuff. Stuff mm-hmm. that they've had for a long time. Stuff that's like new and different for the store. Um, I I could just go on and on. I still love their the Lone Cactus Motel. If you look on their Facebook page, they have these like minimalist. They they basically look like Matchbox or Hot Wheels cars, but they're all made of wood and they're very minimalism. Hmm. They're just oh, really yeah. cool. Yeah, I think that's, that's the one I mentioned that if Wes Anderson ever wanted to do a stop motion with wood, he could use these. Yep, that's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> he would he would use those. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, they got um. Man, see, every time I look at their home bar stuff, I always see their classy decanters and everything. Right, not not just classy, but also like really fun and quirky too. Very, yeah. very modern, vintage, uh, very Star Trek inspired, as as we like to point out. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of the, the the really unique shapes and and colors that they that they use. I believe that they have a like a cocktail shaker set that looks like a rocket ship. Yeah, huh. it's pretty cool. So, uh. Hit them up. At this point in the month, they are open every day from at least noon to four, mm-hmm. but more likely five uh, if if traffic is 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 good and you know yeah sales are sales are coming through. And, and don't wait on it. Come January first, they are back to regular hours. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and again, like the 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 specials are are right now. Anything that can be purchased at an additional discount can be purchased at that discount nowish. Yeah. So check them out. And when you're there, thank them for, um, I guess, being our bottom bitch. Is that the thing? Um, I don't know that that applies in this situation. Then don't thank them for that. Don't. Thank them for being the top we all know and love. 
Tell them that they are your bottom bitch for buying modern minimalist decor and I'm going to need you to explain what that phrase, how that phrase works. You know, if you don't understand by now, I don't know that I can help you. Make sure you follow them online, facebook.com slash pdxasylum. <laughs> Actually, before we get to our interview, it's time to take a quick moment and thank our sponsor, Guardian Games. You can find them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They are quite simply one of the city's greatest game stores. And really, this time of year, you've, you know, look, if you listen to the show, uh, you've got some nerds in your life, uh, and not including yourself. And, you know, maybe you, you know, you don't quite know what they want. We all have our own particular interests. You can always get a Guardian Games gift card. That is the great way to make sure they get exactly what they want. Um, or that maybe, you know what, maybe you got some dice goblins in your life and there is no better stocking stuffer or Hanukkah gift or Kwanzaa gift than the gift of shiny math rocks. We all know them. We all love them. It doesn't matter what kind of game you play chances are you are going to need those shiny math rocks. Uh, they have all kinds of, you know, from all kinds of brands, you know, the, the folks you know, like Chessex and stuff, but there's a local dice maker that makes some really gorgeous dice. They even do blind bags from this local creator. Um, there's the Acerax for the D&D folks, and it comes with a cool, like, actually, like, solid metal coin. Um, I have a couple of them. They're very cool. Um, there's just all kinds of dice options out there. So if you want that fun little gift that won't completely break the bank, you know, you can't afford the statue of Vecna or, you know, the collector's box set of whatever, you know, Modiphius has just put out, <laughs> um, then, you know, get some of them shiny math rocks. They are fantastic. They will always be appreciated. Uh, trust me, like literally no nerd I know that plays any form of game, opens a bag of dice and goes, oh, I have no use for this. It's just It just doesn't exist. So hit Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street. And when you do, thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Well, with that, uh, <laughs> before we bring them on, do you want to talk about who we're having on here? Yes. Okay. Uh, so our guests today, uh, Dylan Hillerman is a writer, director, and actor who has been involved in over 100 productions. He founded Guignol Fest Productions in 2008. Julia Riotica is an interdisciplinary artist who produces, writes, directs, performs, and manages film and live performance projects. And she is a pioneer in the field of biological art. Together, they are the producers of Guignol Fest Productions, which brings you the 72-hour horror film contest and festival and the horror series The Night Attacks, which Dylan and Julia co-write, direct, produce, and act in. So, welcome to the show. Welcome! Uh, hey, folks. Hey, Dylan and Julia. I know you mentioned she was here. Um, I don't, is your camera not working? If that's not, that's fine. Hello. Hello, you can uh, hear us? I can see you guys. Can you hear us? I can us? hear you and see you. All yeah. right. Great. Then... Okay, cool. Welcome I back. I don't know why this... Uh... Thank you. <laughs> yeah, all right. I think we just needed to toggle a couple settings. Yeah, but, uh... I think I know what it did. But we're good now. And none of that actually happened. Uh, intro, oh. intro, intro. I hope you guys heard any of that. Uh, welcome on to the show, Dylan Hillerman and Julia Riotica. Julia's right next to me. She's Hello. pulling up her seat. Sorry you can't see me, but we'll just pretend it's radio. There you go. That's fine. 
Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. You're welcome. I have a face for radio, so that's why you can't see me. <laughs> said, said the performers. Yes. Right. And actors. Um, yeah. So for a little bit of context, the reason we asked you to join us this week is because you helped put on uh, last weekend's uh, show for the Elfman's Fantasy Insanity. Correct. And uh, now that we've all experienced that event together, uh, we wanted to discuss it and we thought who better to join in the conversation than you guys. Excellent. Thank you so much for inviting us on and thank you so much for doing a podcast with Richard. That was a, a big help. That, that was a lot of fun. And we thank you for reaching out to us and setting that up. That was fantastic. Getting to meet Richard and Anastasia were, was fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, that was, I, I watched that show too. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Richard's a, a crazy man. Yes. Yes, he is. Uh, have you, have you known Richard long or is this the first time you guys like work, work together to put something on or interacted? What's the story there? Uh, I, I have only known Richard through the movies and uh, I reached out to him this year because I heard they were doing a little bit of a touring. And so I, I felt like, you know, this is perfect for us because uh, I know his work. I, I feel like I know the man's mind in a way um, and uh, his style. And so I thought we were a perfect fit. So we, we reached out and we were, you know, they, they vetted us in a sense. They checked into our, what we do, what our, uh, um skills are and and uh stuff like that so it all worked out and uh yeah it was just exciting to do and, and kind of a dream come true in a lot of ways when we interviewed them uh they both said that through correspondence with you they were had really enjoyed uh getting to know you and uh enjoyed your professionalism and uh, they were very excited to be able to finally get to meet you in person uh, last week. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So were we. It was uh, just one of those things. It's there's certain people, I guess, who I, uh, you know, admire their work and it would be nerve wracking to meet them. But uh, <laughs> the older I get, it seems like more like, you know what? They're my friend. They, mm -hmm. You know, I get them, they get me. And it's it, it really is no sweat to to reach out to people like this these days. Um, you know, in the recent past, we've been traveling with uh, the Stoker family on these Dracula tours. Ooh, and, that's uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, really cool. And uh, we've <clears throat> we've been to Scotland, Ireland with uh, Dacre Stoker, the author, and and also a great grandnephew of Bram Stoker. Oh, that's and, why you uh, were so quick with the uh, the Scotland names, huh? Correct. Yes. Yeah, Cruden Bay is one of the places where Bram uh, wrote Dracula. So he stayed in the hotel where he wrote part of Dracula. Nice. That's cool. tour. Yeah. Vampires seem to be a, a theme for the last couple of years, especially also for Richard and Anastasia with Bloody Bridget. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool to kind of compare different folklore uh everything from uh, you know you see baron's uh samadai in there too mm -hmm. uh people say either samidi or you know basically samidi samadai means saturday 
Uh, but you see that trope in a lot of vampire movies and horror movies as well. So, well, kind of not. It's yeah. I would say that no, the Baron is a. <laughs> that was a funny coincidence because uh, we actually have, uh, and I like I say, there's <laughs> three pronunciations. I call him uh, Sumdi, but uh, but the Baron is in our series too, the Night Attacks. Uh, and he lives in Portland because he he moved over after Louisiana had the floods, <laughs> and, and so. Uh, but we actually cast uh, Don Pedro Colley from the film Sugar Hill, huh. and he play he was reprising his role as, as the Baron, and then I find out that Richard made Bloody Bridget, and there's a there's Baron again. So uh, that was one of the first <laughs> many things we had kind of in common was this uh, certain, I guess, obsessions or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was easy to talk to them. We have a lot of things in common, you know, as, as you may recall from the interview you did with, with the, uh, Elfman's Anastasia mentioned her obsession with Lon Chaney, yep. uh, mm-hmm. which I, I share that obsession. So it was, like I say, just yet another thing we could, um, talk about together. We knew that we had the same language. Which is always nice. Like it's nice to find your people regardless of where they are from. Or what lives they have lived. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, uh, the kind of people that you, you can meet that are in the entertainment and you you know, you've you've seen them, you you know their name, you've seen them doing their work their whole your whole life. And then just to go up to them and go, Hey, how's it going? And uh, <laughs> and have a full effortless conversation about anything. And uh, and walk away and just pinch yourself and go, I can't believe that just happened. But, you know, just the, the, the kind of growing maturity, you realize, you know what? They're just like you. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. What were yeah. you going to ask? No, I was going to say horror is the, the thing that unifi- unifies us all. It really is. Yeah. And it's a very close community, too. Yeah, I would agree. I, I remember going to the Fangoria Weekend of Horrors back in 1987 mm-hmm. at uh, LAX, and they only advertised about four or five names, but there was about 30 living legends who arrived that were just, <laughs> you know, hobnobbing with, and it was just unreal. I mean, you have George Romero walk into a room, and a room full of people who are afraid. I mean, he's a tall man. He was a tall man. Yeah. And they were, you could see all these, uh, you know, horror fans turning around with their their autograph materials, and they don't want to rush them, so they moved up on them really slow, and it looked like a room full of zombies just coming up. <laughs> and he's like, "This <laughs> again?" Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you probably had to deal with that on a daily basis. I don't know why I always thought George Romero was short. No, he's very. He was very, very tall. tall. Yes. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't know. Like, I, I want to say he was almost like a six six kind of guy. Okay. Um, very tall. Yeah, that's a full uh, foot taller than I am. So. Yeah, and then just a, such a, a humble and uh, and grounded and nice person, and uh, and, and many other people like that same weekend. You know, uh, I got to hang out with uh, Rodney McDowell and you know and um, say hello to Tom Savini and all these guys. It was just oh man, uh, you know, the only two people I couldn't talk to were Anthony Perkins and Robert. Uh, sorry, Robert England. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because they had a, an engagement after the show, so they had to run out the door. That would have been my goal. 
Robert England. Yeah. 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 I, He's my, he was like my first, my first horror guy is like, like as far back as I can remember. I, I love, uh, I love Robert England for multiple reasons, but one of them is definitely the, and I didn't learn this until Trek in the Park, his connection to Star Trek. Oh. Processing. Processing. He was college roommates with um, the the man who wrote The Trouble with Tribbles. Huh. Oh, with David Gerald? Yeah. That, wow. so, That's crazy. So David Gerald, um, when we did The Trouble with Tribbles at Trek in the Park, uh, he came out to a couple showings and he, he talked to the audience and he shared this story about when he wrote that. And he wrote that when he was in college. And it aired... And he said that his roommate, like, organized the dorm to all come down and they all sat around and watched the show together and just made a huge deal out of it. And he's like, this is great. David, you're going to go you're going to go far. This is an amazing thing to have had happen. It's like he was my biggest fan for this. And I kept telling him, like, look, Robert, it is one episode of one television show that no one is going to remember inside of a year. Huh. And, wow. That's and he hilarious. was wrong. Huh. And Robert yeah. was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least the story wasn't the other way around. Yeah. You know, like your friends are unsupportive. No, it, like, and that's one of those things where he talks about how, about Robert, and this is like one story, but it's like, yeah, that sounds like that's just the kind of guy he is. <laughs> Which <clears throat> is great. Oh, oh, we saw your faces for just yeah. a second. I know. Julia's tinkering. Oh. Um, we might figure this out. All right. I have uh, another quick thing to say about Robert England. I uh, yay, we we can see you. I I heard that he was also roommates with Mark Hamill, and Robert came home one day and said, "Hey, you're looking for work. Uh, You should check out. There's this auditions for something called the Star Wars." Oh my God! What? What? I didn't know that. I don't know if you ever heard that. uh, Yeah. So Freddy Krueger got uh, Luke Skywalker a job. (laughs) <laughs> and and he was a Trek writer's biggest fan. So Robert England is the reason we have Star Trek and Star Wars. Okay. As, <laughs> yeah, as we know then. That's how it works. <laughs> oh, man. Little butterfly wings. Yeah. I do actually oh, really thanks. love that because Freddy Krueger is a total creep. Not, he's not just like a, like a monster, a horror villain. He's a, he's a full-on creep. Uh, yeah. So to yeah. learn good things about Robert England. Yeah. I'll... Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's just nice. Yeah. Uh, so Mark Hamill has said Robert England was one of many people who told him about this Star Wars thing that was auditioning. Mm. For. Oh, okay. Jeez. Because he told Mark Hamill after he had auditioned for Han Solo. Huh. Robert England is <laughs> oh. Han Solo. Huh. Wow, that would be really? a very different Star Wars. <laughs> yes, it would be. Yes, very yeah. much so. <laughs> the Cavalier Robert England. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Trying to imagine like Freddy Krueger just yelling "Chewy" all the time now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be weird. Yeah, wow, that's gonna that's gonna someone's gonna cosplay that one day, Freddy Krueger as Han Solo. All right, get on it, nerds. Yeah, it'll be the mashup. So, um, for for our listeners um, who may not be familiar with Guignol Fest, what is the Guignol Fest? Guignol Fest is a horror film contest in which you are you you are handed elements. So you get a character name, a line of dialogue, a prop, 
and then you run away with all your friends and then three days later you come back with a seven minute horror film or roughly six minutes and 66 seconds as we put it Um, uh, and i i named it guignol fest because of the theater theater du grand guignol from Mm -hmm. paris france opened in 1897 and it pretty much um uh virally infected the cinema forever you almost see any any horror film you see owes a lot of uh of uh, respect and origin to uh the grand guignol theater in paris because you know there's just a few short years prior they had i think they had uh they had stopped doing public executions and yet there was still this little bit of bloodlust in the parisian uh circles <laughs> and um so the people who who started the theater were experimenting and what they were trying to do was combine expressionism with naturalism and uh, different different forms of theater that were happening in Paris at the time. And so then they would use the material they would uh, uh, that inspired the writing were crime blotters. And so this playwright became friends with a local uh, Paris cop who was retired and said, look, I want to do some theater but I want to be, I want it to be realistic and I want the scary stuff to be scary. So we're going to do special effects. We're going to have crime stories and it's kind of like a Shakespeare story, but for the poor, you know, there's, there's a pile of pile of bodies, but no one has any money. Um, (laughs) People could relate to. So uh, that evolved over the next 10 years. And then by the early 1900s, you had yourself a full bore horror theater. And so that's why I named Guignol Fest, uh, Guignol Fest. Nice. And we take it a step further by oh oh oh, oh, oh uh, yeah, sorry sorry wait mm-hmm. I also used to do these live on stage in the nineties <laughs> so that's the other reason is that I've actually done this stuff uh, and then after a while I got kind of tired of doing it because uh, well honestly uh, two different theater companies that I work with um, I, I showed them how how to make it work and then the next year they were like thank you and they butt checked me out uh, so, that's always a lovely feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so I just uh, took it to the, you know, another theater, screwed up again, and then decided, you know, I'm tired of uh, all this um, moving around all these props and all that. Everybody wanted to do it in the past, too. They wanted to do the costume version mm. of an 18th or 1920s oh. thing. And and the guignol, the original guignol was all about the here and now. It was punk rock. It was not about some other place, some other time, which is not scary because there's too much distance from you in that time. So for my money, it's all about here and now, and let's keep it contemporary, and let's deal with the the fears and the nightmares that we're living with now. And so, ripped and from to the headlines. Very, exactly, exactly. Julia, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, that's okay. And so when we bring it to the modern times now, that's where we put a spin. How many genres are we going to have? And this year we had probably like. 28 genres of horror subgenres subgenres so you can get sci-fi horror you can get drug horror you can get erotic horror everybody wants the erotic horror i don't know why (laughs) because they love to show their boobs and and the men have gotten a little bit competitive with their frontage as well so it's (laughs) um, you really want to see that on the big screen apparently yes and um, the other thing that people love to buy for is buckets of blood award. And um, 
they would always write to me saying, we're going to make five gallons of blood. We're going to win this. And yeah, I love to see them challenge themselves year after year. So it's been a, quite a surprise and seeing some of the veterans try something new with their teams because they've <laughs> done, you know, a certain style over and over again. And then it's very exciting to see a lot of new teams. So we split Guignol Fest into uh, the ghoul category for folks that have um, competed two, uh, two to three years at tops. And then we have the legacy category, which is three or more. So one of our couple of our oldest teams are more than 10 years old now. I really, I really like wow. that methodology because mm -hmm. it can be really hard when you're looking, when you're, when you're seeing a film festival block of films and you know, like sometimes you can tell that a, a, t a team and their film is, is more novice and then the next one might have like a really high production value uh, with, you know, like people who are actually like SAG after members and mm -hmm. like how do you compare the two when it comes to, you know, like it being a contest. Uh, so I really appreciate that you've sort of kind of parsed them out mm -hmm. that way. I do like that a lot. I mean, that's what inevitably burned me out on the 48-hour film festival. I got tired of oh. competing with people that were professional filmmakers for like Wyden and Kennedy. And this was like something fun to do for the weekend. And I'm like, I'm not going up against this. Like this is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can be a little defeating and take, it, take, it can take the fun out of it. As soon as I saw a fucking helicopter shot, I was like, I'm done. I don't know how. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, just before drones. Before yeah, like, this, commercial they, yeah, they, drones. They, they booked a helicopter. That's, yeah. that, that's not um, yeah. fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we, we had one year number of years ago we had a team that won and um it was a friend of mine from my hometown but in in my mind i was just thinking you know he's a friend of mine he's a filmmaker he's gonna be good i forgot that he worked for leica Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and so um yeah so a lot of people got a little bit upset they're like how the hell are we supposed to compete with this guy he directed the pjs <laughs> <laughs> And I just, in my mind, it was just a guy at the bar when I was, uh, you know, in my 20s. And and I still, sometimes my relationship with people just sort of sticks in that framework. And I forget that they achieved mountains of things. And and then I like, hey, come come to my little, uh, you know, film festival and make a movie. Sure, sure. Oops. <laughs> I, just made, I just made some people a little mad. <laughs> so that's why we've uh, changed the rules over the years to accommodate for uh, yeah. that sort of it would be nice to do those again. I feel like part of it is that's why, like for me personally, I got tired of competing against pros. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah. yeah, I think almost everyone at this table has done the 48-hour film fest at some done point. 48 hours a few times. I've done Lovecraft. Yeah. I've never done Lovecraft under the gun. I've been, but I've done a short oh, for Lovecraft. Yeah. I've uh, I, I've done 48 hour and I've been in a guignol and yes, boobs and blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which one? Which um, one are you in? I don't think it actually ever no. There, uh, the the guy on the on the team who. Uh, so I guess it's not like weird to say, but I have uh, participated with Fetoid Productions. Uh, oh yes. Yeah, they and they compete regularly, <laughs> but I I believe that that year the the guy who sat in the director's chair. Uh, was injured or fell sick during production and it was this was 2020 this was like a covid production um and so oh, I, we yeah. didn't actually get to finish the movie so yeah i i covered my bare boobs and blood for nothing 
Oh, I'll, no. never forget, I'll never forget a lost, mutual friend texted me and was like, was like, you should see them. They're great. I'll send you a picture. I'm like, thanks. you should ask Thanks, first. mutual friend. <laughs> yeah, well, we've been, we've been filming all day and now it was into the night and that mutual friend had brought a see, little you bit You know of, exactly who I'm uh, talking about. Of course about. I know which friend it is. Uh, I wasn't even there of, and I know who you're talking mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judas Priest. There were some beverages to help kind of loosen you up because I'm not a performer, so obviously I need, you know, I need a little bit of like anti-anxiety juice. So by the end of the night, you know, we've been going all day and I was really feeling it. And I'm like, you know, I'm the only weirdo who's not topless right now. That makes me the weirdo. (laughs) So, you know, and I wanted the shot to be good. I didn't want to like, you know, I didn't want people watching the movie to be like, how come that one girl never took our top off? It would be weird to watch it and be like, boobs, Mm -hmm. boobs, boobs, bra, boobs, boobs. I mean, I was wearing, (laughs) I was wearing cool stuff i don't know i i don't know why i'm defending this or explaining it this I, this is not about me again we've we've all done this so we understand how this works yeah decisions are made oh, yeah. yep yep yeah. You, there, just, you, there, know, you 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 do it for the art there's a mm-hmm. short there's a short out there somewhere where i am full monty but i am never saying what it is <laughs> um that's also the year that they broke my fog machine oh i i, I don't know nothing no. about that i know it's fine um Fog machines are cheap, but I was like, oh. Rude. <laughs> I had just had a fog machine and they broke it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, like, speaking of being on productions and, you know, like on sets and stuff, you guys don't just put on the festival for other people to make films. You yourselves have an ongoing horror series that you write and produce and perform in. Uh, so tell us about The Night Attacks. Okay. Um... Well, I guess I guess the origins of the night attacks really do go back to when I moved to Portland. I wanted to do some kind of movie, almost like a. Uh, have you ever seen the the Mondo series back in the sixties and seventies? Yeah. I, I thought, you know, I moved to this this uh, like a Mondo Kane, uh, Mondo New York. Uh, I think was the last one they did, and I just thought, wow, this is such a you know an interesting city, so many interesting kind of people, and I thought I was going to do a documentary about Portland. And then my life kind of uh, took many different turns over time, and uh, I thought Portland was going to kill me, and ended up actually in a situation where I was I was couch surfing and didn't have a place to stay and couldn't get a job, and I was going down fast, and uh, and Julia um, dragged me out of hell and um, <laughs> helped me out, and so the story, the night attacks, is is kind of inspired from that the horror of, of maybe possibly losing my life and everything else. But I, I, the, the roots of it really do come from the, the sense of like, okay, well, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? And so it was, it was houselessness. And I thought, okay. And somehow the, the connection, the idea of like two filmmakers going overseas to make a movie in Transylvania and being, and, and having Dracula follow them home. And uh, <laughs> the idea that Dracula's, you know, dead didn't exist until we arrived. So it's kind of an egregore. It's like a, mm-hmm. an entity that came out of many different minds. And, um, and that being sort of a metaphor for, uh, you know, Dracula's into real estate, right? Mm-hmm. So um, basically this guy who's just like, you're not going to live anywhere because I own everything. Oof. And um, and so, and also the, uh, the other thing was that we, Julia and I, when we decided... 
to start writing this and film it, we went to Transylvania and we arrived in uh, Bucharest. And that morning we woke up and uh, the dumpster fire had been elected. So that fed into my imagination. There's a greater uh, evil yeah. going on yeah. uh, in the peripherals. Uh, there's almost a mirror effect. And I thought, well, it's perfect. Cause like you think about it, Trump and Dracula, they have three wives, they're into real estate and they suck. <laughs> and so, so that was, so it, it started out of a joke in my head and then it just sort of evolved into two people coming back to Portland who had started making a horror film and now they're really having a hard time finishing it because Dracula's on their ass. And uh, at the same time, the world's falling apart and they're not not sure if their friends who are helping them make the movie are their friends anymore because so much time has passed. And um, so I'm just sort of tying in all kinds of uh, things that have happened in my real life and uh, marry it with uh, a character that some people don't think is scary anymore, Dracula, uh, with all the iterations over time, some people maybe think it's been watered down and in a twilight sense. Um, by the way, I was in twilight. <laughs> I just gotta <laughs> say that you can't see me because they, they had three different, three, three different camera angles. And, uh, I, and the best camera angle was the one where I was behind a bush. So, um, oh, that happens, but you, but you can still party. say you're in it. <laughs> I still have the check stub in the kitchen. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the Night Attacks is, we've uh, already started releasing little mini-sodes mm -hmm. on YouTube. So there's about a half hour's worth of stuff there uh, that lead up to a big uh, hour-long episode that we're going to release this month and uh, before Christmas as a, as a Christmas gift. Nice. And um, so that'll be number one, and each consecutive episode will be shorter, um, just so it speeds up a little bit. And uh, the idea is that it ends in a giant Halloween war in Portland downtown where um, it's it's werewolves, vampires, ghosts, witches, demons, everything. It's just, you know, I want to have my Lord, of the, my Halloween Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I mean, if that war yeah. is going to happen anywhere over here. That's true. I want to go. That's I want to go to that war. Me too. First, time, first time I've ever said that. Yeah. <laughs> In a lot of the uh, factions, there's like the tall bike faction, the beard, the beardsmen, the, the, <laughs> the naked bike ride faction, the, the, go hounds. the ghost bike ride faction. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So all, everything always clowns. They're <laughs> always clowns. That's right. Oh, we could bring Team yeah. Honk Honk back. I feel like we have more scary clowns per capita in Portland than anywhere else. I think we do. I think I've been on a train with you with a bunch of those. Yeah. After, after, <laughs> wait, you're on a train. clown train? Oh, Star. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. That's coming out of Fright Town and pouring into that that car with all of our still our, our makeup on. Oh, that was so fun. <laughs> uh, <sighs> while we're on the topic of Dracula, Dracula. Train. Dracula stories, uh, one of our listeners, Norm from Texas, uh, would like to know. If money were no object and you got to produce a big budget Dracula movie, uh, who would you choose as your director? Who would you cast uh, as uh, for Dracula, etc.? Uh, oh, and who's your uh, who's your director of photography too? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be hard to answer, actually. Uh, <clears throat> um, 
Bigelow would be the director. Oh. Like, I've never heard first name. Catherine, 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 Catherine Bigelow. Bigelow. Uh, Catherine of... Bigelow was actually the director. Yeah. She... Uh, our, our Dracula, ooh. Mm. I don't know. I, I I mean, I I guess it would be Stephen Johnson who plays our Dracula in uh, The Night Attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Our version of Dracula, though, though, has different forms, so there's actually more than one person playing Dracula, huh. um, including women. Mm-hmm. And and one of the women, I love this. She, we met her recently. She's a neighbor of my friend Adam. She is also she's Romanian. And I didn't know that when I told her about the story. <laughs> she sat there, stared at me in the eyes, and said, "You know, I'm related to Dracula." You mean Vlad the Impaler? She's like, "Yeah," and I'm like. You need to be in this movie, and she she rides a motorcycle too. So we have her in the movie. That's as cool. Is she riding. actually related to him? Yeah. Yes, like yes. With, like with I mean, paperwork and everything. Allegedly, I I, she, I I'm just uh, like, uh, you know trusting her word. It's but, like uh, that Mexican she, thing where we're all related to Pancho Villa. I know you looked at me and <laughs> yeah, I knew we're, we were thinking the we're same thinking thing. The same thing. No, yeah, my dad straight up claimed that. Yeah, I have. I and have. then I mentioned it to my mom, and she's like, "Don't tell people that." Yeah, <laughs> every Mexican family has the dad or the tío that said, "No, no, 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 mm-hmm. you're great, 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 great." Road with Pancho Villa, I'm like, or like we were related. Right, right. Yeah. Not to say that we don't believe your friend, but, no, but, yeah, but but maybe it's one of those things where like everyone's family tells their tells their kids mm-hmm. like, "Oh no, we're we're related." Right, <laughs> right. It's still cool. Yeah, but, I no, do totally. love that you and I were immediately like, "We know that look." <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I want it to be true for sure. So it's badass. Yeah. Who who would you think uh, would be a good uh, director of photography for like whoever's doing the Coen Brothers movie? Yeah, anybody who works on a Coen Brothers film, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. would be my pick. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know. uh, I don't know the name. I can't think of it. But I love his angles because it's like. He's right in the middle of a conversation with that camera. Yeah, it's not the over-the-shoulder bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's like it's as if someone's sort of standing between them, and mm-hmm. yeah, you get that, just the way the lens looks. It's mm-hmm. so that's the way we we bought that that uh, millimeter lens too. I was like, I want these things to look like a Coen Brothers film. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. um, the person who asked this question is a professional photographer, so that's why they think to ask that. Yeah, it's like, oh yes, right. that makes sense. Like I, I totally get why he asked that question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, thank you, Norm from Texas. <laughs> I gotta, I, I gotta do more research on Man. my uh, Cohen brothers film. I want to see <laughs> Catherine Bigelow do a Dracula movie, though. Yeah, because she, well, she, she did near she dark. She did near dark, so she's yeah. done. She's done a vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 when that came out, it was right around the same time as the Lost Boys came out, mm-hmm. and I loved both movies, but the but Bigelow's film really stuck in my head. Um, in fact, I've even imitated some of her camera angles since then. Uh, in fact, almost immediately after I saw Near Dark, I made a vampire movie in the summer of 1988 uh, called uh, Red Red Wine or something like that. I think it was the sequel, but it was something like Fresh Blood or whatever. Um, and and I forgot. I, I'd watched uh, some footage of it recently. and went, oh, my God, I stole that from Catherine. <laughs> I mean, there are worse directors to ape from, so... Yeah, 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 and so I, I'm glad that you know she she finally um, got her uh, her due when she won the award for uh, Zero Dark Thirty. I think it was oh, called. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden she you know she gets awards. You you know her name, and I didn't even know she was uh, 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 
married to um, James Cameron. Samuel. Not Sam Elliott. <laughs> you that's not, that's, the guy who directed Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cameron. James Cameron. Cameron, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. <laughs> Sam Elliott. <laughs> sorry. There's this. There's this, thought, there's this thought with camera movies. You can always tell how his relationships are going by how the women are written in his films, the lead women. Oh. So oh. when he's having a healthy relationship like he did with Catherine Bigelow at the time, that's how you get Ripley in Aliens. But when he's God. going through a divorce, you get, even though I do like this movie at times, it's not that the performances are bad. It's how the women is, is written. It's how they are written. And how they are treated uh -huh. as a character, and then you get Jamie Lee Curtis in True Lies. Oh, oh uh, yeah. okay. Who's basically just there to be a, a piece of like a, a doofy repressed wife at the beginning, and yeah. then a sex pot at the end. Yeah, wow. that makes sense. Yeah, interesting. I, it, like, I, I wonder how uh, the Abyss fits into that. Uh, uh, the Abyss <laughs> was the in between because the arc for her character in the Abyss is really jarring. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Cameron's not very good at separating his emotional issues at the time from his films. I yeah. I feel like that's probably true of most men who direct. Uh, that's also <laughs> rumor why they think Temple of Doom is so dark. Uh, Spielberg and Lucas were both going through divorces during production of Temple of Doom. <laughs> oh, Amy Irving? During pre-production uh, and production. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the Amy, Amy Irving divorce? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the best yeah. thing about that, though, is to watch like all the behind the scenes where you can tell that Spielberg, I mean, they're still together. So clearly it worked. They had a massive crush on Kate Capshaw. Oh, yeah. So wow. day one, he's just in his khakis with a beat up T-shirt and a hat that says like Lucasfilm. Man, by the end, motherfuckers directing in a tuxedo and is trying <laughs> so hard to impress this beautiful blonde woman of like, I'm a filmmaker, uh, you know. I mean, it worked. I think they've been together ever since. So, but it's yeah, it's kind of hilarious to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Wow, I didn't know he was still married. I think he's still married. Yeah, I think they're they still are. married. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Uh, but yes, That's Gable, good. I think I think you can mm -hmm. tell a lot about what uh, male directors uh, feel about women or the women in their lives mm -hmm. specifically. <laughs> it's 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 I, pretty I, clear. Usually, I, I I watched uh, the movie. Uh, it was the um, I'm, I'm blowing the name. It was uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's uh, Willow, Willow, Willow Creek. Willow Creek. Willow Creek. Yes. <clears throat> we uh, we met him before the show, and then I, uh, I I I wanted to, I wanted to drink with him. I wanted to figure out where they're going to go afterwards. So I thought, well, I'll go talk to the musician who was in this movie, and he'll tell us. And so he. He texted me an hour later and said, oh, we're going to this club. And uh, and as I was there, I was hanging out with the uh, the lead actors from his film. <laughs> and they were all kind of muttering to each other and, and you know, saying, oh, uh, I think this might have been a metaphor for the divorce. Um, <laughs> with, with his, uh, you know, the the mother of his babies. But um, but it was one of those things where it was about a married couple. And, you know, spoiler alert, as he's trying to propose to her in the in the in the tent in the woods and she rejects bigfoot kills them both <laughs> so did not remember yeah. that i love that movie and i did yeah. not remember how it ended um yeah yeah it was a really sad rejection and then 
Bigfoot time. <laughs> yep, <no. laughs> well, I think it's implied that Bigfoot kills him and she might become a forest wife. Oh, oh there you go. You get dragged off into the dark. That's ooh, right. That's darker. Yeah, it's much darker. Yeah. Or it's yeah, or it's meth could, heads. Either way, it's not a bad ending for it's not a good ending for either of them. No. No, it's not. That's, right. that's always the thing too. Is it Bigfoot or is all the meth heads because they stumble onto areas where they shouldn't be? Right, right. Right. Yeah. Feral people. Mm-hmm. Feral. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's barely a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Metaphor. So we got uh, Norm from Texas says, okay, second question, rate my Dracula movie. Director David Eggers, Dracula, Henry Cavill, uh, Lucy, Margot Robbie, Renfield, Toby Cable, Cable? And DP would be Roger Deakins. Mm. That's cool. Roger Deakins is cool. Uh, Henry Cavill is almost too good looking to be Dracula. (laughs) Um, Norm, you should feel good. David Eggers is doing a Nosferatu, so there you go. That's right. Yeah, I'm looking forward that to that. True. Looking forward to that. Uh, Toby Kebbell, yeah. uh I think the thing that I recognize him most from is Servant, uh, which is pretty niche. That's an Apple TV Plus show. Mm. Uh, but like, I know, I know his face from other things, and I can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, Norm, was he on Dexter? Because I'm not recognizing these other titles. Actually, but, and also. Uh, but he's a like a tall-ish uh, Caucasian guy with dark hair and dark beard. Yeah, that narrows um, it down. I know, oh, cool. I know. We're not cool. narrowing it down at all. Um, I just like, uh, oh, he was in the new Ben-Hur, uh, something oh, called nice. The Hurricane Heist. Oh, he was on Skull Island. Who the hell is he in Skull Island? Oh, cool. Um, okay, yeah, uh, and who did Norm say he would cast that guy as? As um, Renfield. Renfield. <clears throat> Which I feel his particular look lends itself more to Tom Waits' characterization. Okay, I see. Yeah, so if like you're sort of redoing uh, his Bram Stoker's Dracula, a little bit. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Uh, Although I would not see now. My brain's just like forget Margot Robbie as Lucy. Just let Margot Robbie write and produce herself as Elizabeth Blathery or as Camilla. Oh yeah, that, yeah. that'd be fun. Just give her her own, just make her do like a really cool redoing of Dracula's daughter and just mm-hmm. go all out for it. Mm. Let somebody, who who do we know who can get word to her? Because I think she'd be into that. Uh, let me get on my uh, regular Hollywood contract phone I, number. I mean, like six degrees, eight degrees. Surely I mean, I guess we know so. somebody who yeah, knows somebody. We probably do. Yeah. I mean, we know the Offmans now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I have figured out how to contact just about anyone. And when uh, when Don Pedro was in the, the night attacks, he died three days later. He knew oh, he was wow. going down. So he called us and said, come to my deathbed. I'm going to, I want to film. So we recorded and he died. He, we were supposed to come back the following weekend and get some more shots, but he died. And um, as a result, Julie and I were compelled to do his um, his uh, eulogy, or, or rather his, uh, uh, what do you call those things Obit. when people like The newspapers, obit. Yeah. Obituary. So we wrote his obituary for him. It didn't seem like many other people really remembered him. And we contacted, I swear to God, we contacted George Lucas and got him. <laughs> He said it was his assistant, but he he, he wrote, uh, he actually did, it sounded like exactly what George Lucas would say. Um, and also Robert Duvall, 
And Robert Duvall doesn't have a computer per se. He's got a fax machine. So he faxed me uh, his response and we put it into the obituary. You know, he's, he's out there in the ranch somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, and it was cool. So we got uh, some quotes from Lucas and Duvall because THX 1138. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. in that. That's cool. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, after doing something like that, I was like, oh, I can contact anybody. I know how to do it. It's cool. That's uh, <laughs> like a dangerous amount of power. Right? You have to like be really responsible with that. Yeah. <laughs> or you're a house call doctor like me because like the way we got in touch with Don Pedro actually, um, oh. it was a patient of mine that uh, Lorna, who actually sang for the Elfman. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Lorna back- Baxter. Yeah, Lorna Baxter. So she was my patient back in oh. 2018 or something like that. And I was doing a house call for her. And while I was taking her blood pressure, this big man comes from out of the guest bedroom, bald, tall. And I kept staring at him. And I'm thinking, I know this guy. And I just kept paying attention to Lauren. And then I would look over. And I'm like, I know you from somewhere. And he's like, you do, don't you? And I said, <laughs> you are the Baron from freaking uh, Sugar Hill. And then he's like, aha. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. So that's how I got in touch with these two. And then I changed different uh, medical providers because like due to fraternization, you can't you can't be friends with your patients. Sure. So a year later, I had to uh, I was working at a different um, organization. I called up Lerner. I said, we can be friends now. (laughs) And that was how it all started with Don Pedro and Lorna way back in 2016. Wow. And um, yeah. So we kept in touch with Don Pedro. He would school us on like the movies and the history that he helped make, you know, for, for Hollywood and people of color. So that was really, um, you know, that was quite an education too, because he would tell me all the ins and outs of how challenged challenging it was for a person of color to be um in the 60s acting in the 60s and then all of the tropes that he had to play all of the stereotypes that he had to do but yet open the door for a lot of people of color and he, at that time. he, he grew up in oregon his mom named him yeah. don, don pedro just so he would have a name that almost sounded like royalty yeah and uh <laughs> not be messed with as much so he was a he was in the football team back mm-hmm. then and then just was just uh had a had a, a knack for acting and and she experienced trained so wow. Klamath Falls, Oregon. And doesn't Portland have a doesn't Portland have a series of Mexican restaurants called Don Pedro? That's I, what just popped in my head. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. if, if I Google Don Pedro, the first thing that comes up is the restaurant. <laughs> it's always like and Don then Pedro. It, but like, did you Don. mean the actor? Yes, I did mean the actor. Um <laughs> I don't yet know if there is, in fact, a connection. Like, does he own them, or are they, in fact, named after him specifically? <laughs> Maybe he's related I... to Pancho Villa. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, if we are, you I mean, know yeah. he is. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he uh, he told us a lot. Of, we went to a diner. He came out to audition guy had two crutches on and he drove his truck through the ice from Klamath to Portland. I don't know how he did it. But we sat in a diner and he gave us about two hour I wish I had recorded this, but two hours of just Hollywood stories about Dukes of Hazard, about uh working with uh, certain stars, people he liked, people he didn't like. Um he he was I think a little jealous of Jim Brown's uh, success because he didn't have any Shakespearean um 
background. <laughs> and it's a, little, little things like that. It was cool to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, he was part of Night Gallery. Oh, and he was, yeah, he was in an episode of Night Gallery, mm -hmm. too. That was pretty cool. Oh, huh. man, yeah. Da That's Davy awesome. Crockett, all that stuff. Yeah. And he was in TV. a Planet of the Apes, just like yes, just like yes. Toby. What was his name? I already forgot. That alien character, yeah. Uh, we have an like, autograph with that or, photo Argon, in the next room. Argon or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. We went to uh, one of the conventions uh, too that he he showed up at and saw him there. He was he was cool. He was in a booth. We were we were in line to see um, Carrie Fisher. And they screwed up and we got to the front and they said, yep, you all have to go back now. So I said, you know what? Carrie Fisher will be around. We'll get an autograph later. We were wrong. <clears throat> but oh. I know. yeah, yeah, we, mm. oh, well, <laughs> but you know, it's just like timing. And then we walked, we walked over to say hello to Don Pedro and he was in a booth with uh, three Bond women. <laughs> From just, the 70s. Just hanging out. They're all good for him. Exactly. I was like, you're killing it. <laughs> so, yeah. He's a, he's a really nice guy. And um, and he just liked making movies. So it was just humbling to have a man call you on his deathbed and say, get your ass down here. I'm going fast. I want to make this. Yeah, that's and amazing. we did. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. he's in it. You'll see a little clip of him on that YouTube Night Attacks thing in one of those clips. I'm not going to tell you which one. You'll just have to, it doesn't matter what order you watch him in. It's just all backstory, little little thing, little tidbits you'll need to know when you see the, the main episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, but you'll see him in his in his hospital bed and he, and he says his line from uh, Sugar Hill, this is my domain. <laughs> <laughs> So cool. That is awesome. <laughs> that's a that's a guarantees. Uh, so you said that that first full hour episode is going to drop this month, right? Uh, that's where, the plan. Where should people go to find this episode? Go to YouTube and and search for the Night Attacks. If that doesn't bring you to it right away, maybe put in Portland or Guignol Fest, but it's on YouTube. I haven't really officially announced it in any capacity because. <laughs> just trying to make it sneaky and then that way when people actually do uh catch wind of it they'll be able to see a whole bunch of stuff at once excellent uh, uh so then yeah. does that mean that the uh the mini sodes uh that you've already done are those not up yet or are those ready to, to find they are, they are up. okay yeah. cool, there's cool. about eh, I, 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 I don't remember the exact number maybe 13 or 10 or 13 mini sodes uh up on youtube already and uh you know, if you're if you find yourself confused watching them, you're supposed to be. <laughs> oh, good, thank you. Yay! <laughs> it's a just think about it, you know, it's very much in the spirit during COVID. I watched a lot of the analog horror stuff on YouTube, mm -hmm. and uh, and I sort of did it with that in mind of just like you know what, just just leak out little things, and um, you'll start to catch on as time goes by. What what you know you'll catch on as to what is happening. Um, but you'll, you'll, you'll find little uh, allusions to other vampire films in there. Um, for example, we, one of the, one of the minisodes sets place, uh, sorry, takes place in the uh, fictional town of Santa Clarita, in the Lost Boys. <laughs> right. And that's why we also had um, uh, T 
Tim Capello come to Chico, or sorry, Chico, <laughs> come, come, to, come to Portland and perform the weekend of uh, Guignol Fest this year at the Star Theater. He That was actually, that was an email that I made when I was in uh, Ireland uh, earlier this year. He said, ah, I lost my Seattle gig. And I said, come to Portland, come to Star <laughs> Theater. How fortuitous. Was, yeah, it was, so he did it. He did it. And uh, so we got um, a little Tim Capello love. He also did our one of our announcements for uh, in the year 2020 for Guignol Fest. He did the I Still Believe in You Guignol Fest announcement. So oh, cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Trying to bring it all together. It's a little nice. meta, but it's fun. <laughs> no, I, I love all the all of the interwoven connections and projects and the way you were, you know, sprinkling in elements of other people's projects into your into yours is sort of kind of yeah. I think we were just talking last week about how much we love a shared universe yeah and even if it's not like official <laughs> yeah. like when, once you place those connections into your work you are planting those seeds for everyone to enjoy uh relationally yeah correct we notice a lot of our guignol fest teams too they would start in one big team splinter off into their own little teams too like separate teams but you'll see subject matter you'll see actors cross-pollinating on the same weekend of guignol fest there was some actors that would jump from one set from 10 to 2 go to another team set from 2 to 8 it was just crazy how how much overlap there was and then um you know, some uh, some folks are doing movies outside of Guignol Fest where they're using us as our own our own characters. So we're we're all cross pollinating somehow <laughs> in Portland. Oh, one little point too. Uh, there's a musician who passed away last year, a friend of ours named John Neff, and he did uh, soundtrack work for David Lynch for a number mm -hmm. of years. Uh, movies like uh, Lost Highway, Mulholland Drive, his website. Uh, he was he even had a little cameo in uh, season three of Twin Peaks. Now, I became friends with him because I did a burlesque show where I played David Lynch. And he came up to me at intermission. He said, I was practically his roommate for nine years. You guys really got into his head. I, 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 I appreciate this. And so I, we became friends. And um, he gave us permission to use the Blue Bob album that him and David made hmm. for part of our uh, Night Attack soundtrack. Mm -hmm. So we have a little bit of David Lynch in there too. Oh, wow. And we, cool. we also recently, as in a couple of years ago, uh, visited uh, the Laura Palmer house and the lady who pops up in season three and opens the door actually lives there. Oh, so, wow. Huh. Yeah. So we, we let her, we say, said hello to her and let her know what we were doing. And, and, um, it wasn't a great time for us to come inside, but she did let, let us go to the backyard and get some pieces of a tree that had been that was in Twin Peaks that had gotten cut down. So we got pieces of wood we're going to make Christmas gifts out of. <laughs> and uh, uh, she said, next time you can come by and uh, maybe even film in here. So, wow, wow that's cool. That'll be exciting. <laughs> high-end stuff than, than you can imagine yeah she's kept <laughs> she's kept the house really authentic and uh, pretty much what it looked like on that last episode yeah yeah wow that's yeah. wild yeah, I yeah. Know. 
didn't it? <laughs> she was yes. so gracious. I was so surprised. Such a how, sweet lady. Yeah, Not like hospital. those Goonies house people. I, I feel like oh, yeah, well, I know. That, that has a new owner now. Though. No, no, I'm just, yeah. I know, I'm just being silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty much the, almost the opposite. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not saying go, you know, bugger. <laughs> yeah, don't, but yeah, don't do that. I, I feel I was, as though that, that people in uh, Snoqualmie Falls have gotten used to the idea of a lot of people just showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that we met a director last year. Um, uh, met a couple. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, KXI. Um, and they... Uh, Part of uh, her trip out here, she also went up and did the the Twin Peaks tour mm -hmm. before coming down. Yeah, she was really excited for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, you know, it's funny that Twin Peaks is in a lot of ways is the reason I even came up to the Pacific Northwest. I a couple of years after it, the series ended, I, I it was the music initially. I wanted to go check out Seattle. Mm -hmm. And once I arrived, the, my hosts said, you know, Twin Peaks was made just a few miles that direction. And I had no idea. So I uh, went to North Bend and this is before it was like a, a hot spot. Mm -hmm. uh, I went into a drugstore and said, do you know anything about any of the loops, locations for uh, shoots in uh, Twin Peaks? And this guy had a hand-drawn map that he had photocopied. <laughs> wow. He made it himself. I wish I still had this, but he just, he goes, here it is, man, one dollar. <laughs> I, I bought it and I got photos on the bridge and, you know, went, you know, to, found the falls and just all these things. And I was like, this is great. What year is that? Oh, that was uh, 1994. <laughs> uh, I even have video from that year. I, I posted it and a friend of mine said, oh, nice VHS uh, filter effects. And I'm like, that was a real VHS. <laughs> 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 You know, just a nice little scratches and whatever. But anyway, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so uh, after coming up here that time alone, I came up again with a roommate, and it just kept, you know, uh, solidifying. And then I came up here with uh, three girls on Thanksgiving one day. We decided to ditch our families, and these three girls said, "Hey, you want to get out of town?" I said, "Sure." And we went to Portland and hung out in Portland for about three days. Had a great time, and then I went back to. Uh, to Chico and uh, my sister had an accident in LA. And as a result, I, I got, I, I, you know, had a different apartment and one fourth of July, I decided I'm moving to Portland. That's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And I started packing that day. And it, this is like 1998. So it took me two years to get to Portland, but I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> I think we are at our time. For yeah. Me, yeah. Which is too bad because I also feel like this conversation could go on a lot longer. Well, we'll just have to have you both back on. Yes, please. Absolutely. We'd um, love to. Yeah, I, I can talk a mile a minute. When is the next uh, Yinyol Fest? Next Yinyol Fest is next October. Okay. Uh, I think we've yes nailed down a date so um the filming weekend starts october 11 which is a friday and the teams have friday saturday sunday and have to turn in the movie on the 14th monday okay the okay. screening and uh screening and awards is that following saturday uh, october 19th okay and that'll be at the clinton street theater then we will yep. make sure to check in with you probably september yeah if not yeah. sooner 
to you know, yeah, yeah. maybe before registration yeah. deadline. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, that makes more sense. Cool. And maybe one day yeah, we'll that, actually do one. You keep talking. Yo, oh, yeah. <laughs> That would be cool. Yeah, there are people making movies with their iPhones and editing on their phones themselves because there's no time for them to get equipment. Nope. And so they share, yep, there's no time. And they're doing amazing work. We had a single shooter who was his own DP. He was his own actor. He went out into the woods and um, he actually got first place in in the ghoul uh, ghoul category. So you can do on the fly really we have yeah. a gimbal I just want to say one thing um, my my recollection of working with uh, Cable at uh, Fright Town in the museum uh, the guy is a master of teleportation <laughs> he'll show you something and he'll go oh no go, go over there and look at that and you'll walk over there and somehow he's right next to you again like the guy, he was just ninjaed around you. Oh yeah, I am well aware. <laughs> almost like, yeah, a, almost as though he were a professional. Yeah, it is spooky. The devil. Amazing. I just want to say thank you, Cable, for uh, uh, freaking me out. Thank you. <laughs> I. That's gonna make his day. Yeah. That's really <laughs> yeah. It was. It was a. It was a scary time for me, but it was also a. Uh, a glorious time um, meeting Julia and all these talented people that never came across in the the time that I worked with you. Like you weren't, you didn't project that you were nothing but professional. Um, Oh, and very, very warm and very um, open and very helpful to like, you were running a a lot of the cast management for that. And you were fantastic. Um, Thank you. And I, I did feel a lot of that, like the, the show that you ran for the Elfmans was spot on perfect. Like if you had, if there were technical difficulties that night, none of us saw it. Right. None of us did. It just ran smoothly. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's uh, years of working with uh, amazing people and just learning from them and then sending it back out again. Yep. That's all we can do. Yep. That's right. Great. <laughs> cool. Well, thank cool. you both again for uh, hanging out with us tonight. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank this you. is a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I'd love to do it again at any time. All right. And uh, we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on uh, the night attacks when we uh, release our, our first episode. That would be great. That would be great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks. thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you again. Thank you. Right. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> Alice Cooper says hello. Hi, Alice. Hi, Alice. Working there. Awkward pause time. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, you hang up. <laughs> All right. No, you. Can, I, I no, can't. You can. ha- I can't hang them up. I know. I'm yeah. gonna. <laughs> Thank you. Don't look at me. There, you go. there we go. Oh boy. Yeah, well, we actually got to Yeah, we're kind of wrapped up here. Yes. Yeah. We are. We are full on out of time. But that was a lot of fun. It was uh, a lot of fun. I feel that's a that's a great note to end the year on. That's right. Yep. Um, as well. So we won't see any of you until January. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Reminder: Don't don't come here next week. We I mean, you can. Here. That all the episodes are still on Twitch. Yeah, they're all YouTube. there. You can watch just them. Just watch them. 
Oh, can you come back on Twitch to rewatch stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's just, just stored there. Yeah. Don't I watch just, the last few. You just watch me freak out over echoes that we never figured out why it was happening. It doesn't matter. We sound fine. great now. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it, that was a really good note to end the year on. And uh, thank you to everyone who hung out tonight. Yeah, thank and you, everyone, and for the year. and Hanging out all year. It's always great. Um, I this think is I'm weird. Gonna, we never do this, so now it's awkward. I think I'm going to go home and try to find me a Don Pedro. I could go for like a carnitas burrito right now. Oh, that does sound good. I had mediocre Mexican food for lunch today, so I'm still full from that. I had mediocre Mexican food yesterday at the event. It was also really expensive mediocre That's Mexican even worse. food. worse. I'm not going to put them on blast, but uh, if, if you really want to know where not to go for overpriced mediocre Mexican food, I'll tell you privately. Okay. I will ask you off the mic. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note. Yep. Bye, everyone. Have a great holiday season, and we will see you in 2024. Woo!